welcome back, Calm listeners. This is Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Cal, let's welcome another awesome guest today. So everyone listening, please welcome Santiago Cruz, king of email and SMS marketing. How's it going, Santiago? Everything is great. Everything is great. Thank you guys for having me here in this awesome podcast. I'm really excited to join the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you on. And it's so cool how people join us from all over the world. And Santiago, for everyone listening, he's from Colombia. So I think it's our first South America guest. We're really excited to have you on. And I always like to start and ask a question. So what gets you excited about life? Progress. For real, progress is what gets me excited. And I hate being comfortable. I hate being in the same place day after day. So progress more than money is what keeps me excited about waking up each day and doing my best in every hour, every minute, every second of my life. That's my motivation, seeing my own progress. Not because I want somebody else to see me and say, hey, Santiago is really progressing. He has a lot of money. He has done a lot of cool shit. But for me, you know, like I would love to be 80 years old and look back at my life and say, okay, brother, you went from point A and you got to point B where you wanted to be. That's basically my motivation. That's why I wake up each day and do my best. That's awesome. And I love how you mentioned progress because I don't think a lot of people talk about it that way, but it makes me stop and think because it sounds like you have a higher purpose. You said it's not money. So is it the feeling after you know you progressed in something or what is it exactly about progress that makes it so fulfilling or nice to have? Yeah, I have short-term and long-term goals. And my long-terms, I break them down on shorter goals or micro-goals. I'm basically achieving each micro-goal that will somehow take me to the long-term goal. It's what fills me with happiness. You know, the micro-achievements and the journey of progress, that's what I really like. And Achieving the goal itself is not a big deal. I don't know. I assume everyone here has experienced this feeling. For example, I always wanted an electric guitar. And basically, I begged my parents for it for two years straight. And in Christmas, they gave me this. And throughout the two years, I was dreaming about having my guitar. I was having dreams, literally, about me playing the guitar. But in Christmas Eve, they gave me the guitar. And I had the guitar in my hands. It wasn't a big deal, you know, like, okay, I have the guitar, now what? And I translate that into my life goal. Sometimes when I hit, let's for, for example, say a revenue goal for the month, it's actually the journey that makes me happy more than achieving the goal itself. So that journey is what I call progress, right? Achieving micro goals that all together give me this outcome of this huge goal that I'm accomplishing, but that I'm not going to enjoy as much as the journey. That's really my explanation for what I call progress, like my micro achievements, my journey, and the progress from point A to point B. That's what I really like. I can definitely relate to that. I speak a lot with my friends about doing very long road trips. And you know what? The reason a road trip is fun, like you mentioned, and enjoyable and you look forward to it is the actual trip itself, not where you're headed to. It almost doesn't matter where you're headed to. Sometimes you pick a place very far away just because you want to have a long trip, the journey itself to be long, and you can enjoy along the experience of you going to that destination. And it takes me back quite some time in my first, actually second full-time job. I was speaking with my manager and we were just having a very casual conversation. And he would ask me, what gets you motivated? I was commission-based, so I was in the car industry and sales at the time. So he would think that selling more cars would make you happy, making more money. And I would say, no, not really. It's the actual feeling that the customer is satisfied. So the action of when I spend time with the customer, when they're at the showroom, when I sometimes go deliver the car to them, their joy and their experience with me, if I try to give them that red carpet service, 
it would make me happy seeing them happy. And that's the joy and experience. The moment they pick up the car and leave, even though that's when we get paid effectively, that's when the car counts as a sale and gets into my commission. To me, that's the end of it. I'm looking forward to the next one. Now in a stage of our lives where we're looking forward to other things, I do agree. It's the journey, the anticipation, the ups and downs. And when you get to the destination, perhaps you'd think, I got here because of all the struggle and effort and moments of ups and downs that I've had to get to where I am here is what really made this destination enjoyable. What's next now? Maybe you can share with us a bit more about your journey. How did you start with what you're doing now and how's it going so far? Yeah, amazing. Context-wise, I basically have an agency that do email marketing and SMS marketing and push notifications for e-commerce brands. And basically what those services do is increase the profitability of all of these brands that we're working with, right? And basically my zero to year story is I'm 20 now, right? I'm pretty young. And when I was 16, I used to do a lot of YouTube. I used to consume hours and hours and hours of YouTube content. And in one of those days, maybe in summer when I was doing nothing but watching videos, I just watched a video from a guy called Gabriel Saint Germain. Basically, he was telling, I just made 600K in 90 days doing dropshipping. And I was like, wow, how is this possible? Because, well, 600K here in Colombia, it's like your life salary. You see it like it's impossible to have. So I was really, really curious how someone could generate such amount of money. For me, in that time, it was a lot. Now, it's not. But at that time, I was so impressed how someone could generate so much money. So I started consuming all of his YouTube videos and I got introduced into e-commerce with dropshipping. And all that summer, I spent watching dropshipping videos, consuming content, studying the principles, studying every moving piece of the business, right? So from filming to website creation copywriting, media buying, email marketing, retention, customer service. But I was 16 years old. I had no money, literally, like zero. So I went and I asked my mom if she could maybe borrow me some money, right? I pictured the idea, hey mom, I want to launch this brand. Basically, I'm here in Colombia, but I do not need to buy any inventory and I can just sell stuff from China to U.S. customers and just profit the difference between what I pay the China factory and what the U.S. customers pay me. And she was like, okay, you know what you're doing? And I was like, yeah, of course, I know what I'm doing, but I had no idea about what I was going to do. So yeah, she told me, okay, Santiago, take my car. How much money do you need? And I was like, I don't know, maybe $1,000. She was like, okay, spend $1,000, but I need my money back. Okay. I was like, yeah, mom, no problem. So I started building the website. I started crafting the video ad for Facebook ads. And I started setting up all of the email marketing. I started contacting these AliExpress suppliers. I started doing everything. And after all of that was done, I launched the brand and started spending money on ads. Basically, in 15 days, I spent like 10K out of my mom's credit card. I literally max out her limit and the return investment out of that 10k was like 2500 or something like that so basically i was pretty screwed <laughs> i didn't know how to tell my mom about this because no way she was going to understand she borrowed me 1k and i ended up spending all of her credit card limit so i was in big problems and if you're familiar with latina moms well, you can tell I was in a really bad situation. She got the slipper. <laughs> Is that what she did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only one, but multiple times. And yeah, basically I told her mom this happened. She got really, really mad and she started like, okay, well, you're just spent all of this money. Well, now how are you going to pay me? Basically I had no idea. So one of my uncles, he has a clothing store in downtown Cali, Colombia. Basically I started working with him. And the guy is one of my mentors. The guy is a ruthless guy. I used to work there from 6 a.m. in the morning 
to 8 p.m. and I had a 20 minute lunch break. And basically my work there was being my uncle's bitch for all of the day. Everything my uncle wanted me to do, I did it. So from selling clothes to moving inventory, handle his personal situations. My uncle is kind of crazy, literally has some kind of mental issues. Sometimes having arms here in Colombia, it's illegal. And I remember one time he took out a gun and he told me, Santiago, please just shoot the gun and run out of bullets. I was like, okay, why? No, no, no. I just want to be entertained. So that was the kind of weird stuff that my uncle made me do. However, even though it was really crazy, I learned a lot because I was working like 14 hours per day with no rest every day from Monday to Monday for about six months. So basically that experience taught me a lot because my uncle was ruthless. Like he was telling me all the time that I was worth shit, that I didn't know how to work. And he was telling me all of this bad stuff, but I knew deep in his feelings, he was loving me somehow because he was teaching me a lot. So basically, I use all of these jellings, all of these bad treatments, all of this hard work. It built my character, and he was the one that taught me how to work hard. Because literally, I was working from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. every single day for six months. It taught me a lot of resilience, and it gave me a lot of character traits that were needed for me to learn in order to be where I am today. And I'm grateful and thankful that I got to experience that. Because at the moment, it sucked. Every day I went to my home wanting to never come back to that clothing store again. But I knew I had to come because I needed to pay my mom. And the word that I learned or the character trait that I learned was resilience. You have to do what you have to do. And also I learned how to work hard. Because also before that, I was really, really lazy. I didn't like to work hard. And my uncle taught me how to work hard. Like hard. And yeah, after six months of working with him, I I came to the realization that he was paying me like 10 bucks per day, right? So for 14 hours of work, he was paying me like 10 bucks. So doing some math calculations, I was never going to be able to pay my mom the money that I owe her working with him. So I said, okay, Santiago, we need to find something that works, that makes me more money that I can pay my mom as soon as possible because my mom was getting so mad and I didn't like to be in that situation. So what I started doing is, okay, I already know the e-commerce industry. I know that one of the biggest issues with dropshipping stores and dropshipping owners is that they don't have the products physically, right? They don't own inventory. Everything is on China. So they are not able to create content for that specific product. And what they have to do is look in the internet for content, download the YouTube videos with that content, and then compile it into a video that they can advertise on Facebook. And that process is really, really boring. It demands a lot of time. For example, a mock that you're selling. You need to look on YouTube, on Google, on all of these platforms for content for that specific mock and content that is high quality and free to use and that you can then compile. So it's a process that takes a lot of time and that I knew a lot of dropshipping store owners didn't want to do. And when I was like 14 years old, I used to do guitar covers to upload on my YouTube channel. So I learned how to edit videos on Adobe Premiere. So, okay, let's take that skill and this knowledge that I have and this problem, and let's offer video editing services for all these dropshipping stores that need content to advertise their products. So yeah, that's what I did basically. And there's this platform called Fiverr. Basically Fiverr is a marketplace where you can find professional services, really, really cheap. And when you put your offer in Fiverr, it is called a gig, right? So you open like a page in Fiverr and you advertise your service and you put the price and everything and people pay through Fiverr. And basically that's called a gig. So I launched my gig. And then I started promoting my gig on dropshipping Facebook groups. I was charging $5 per video and every video took me like two hours to make. And the estimated time of arrival of each video was like 24 hours. So if you place an order today, tomorrow you'll have your video done. That was how the gig worked. And I started promoting the gig on Facebook groups. And within 24 hours, I sold like 25, 30 video gigs. And I was like, Wow. That day I made $125 for something like that. And I was like, I'm making 10x more 
that I'm doing in my uncle's clothing store. Well, I have to work, but it's not that hard either. And I'm on my own rules. No one is yelling at me. So it was a big moment in my life where I learned that I could make money online. So that day I was a little bit in problems because I had like 30 orders and I needed to deliver them within 24 hours. So literally I didn't sleep that day. But then I knew that my service was validated. There was demand for it. So I started promoting the DD every day and the business started growing. Well, Fiverr works as a search engine. So the more reviews and the more good testimonials you have, the more you appear in searches on the platform. So basically, I knew that I had to charge low at the beginning so I could collect as many testimonials as possible so the platform could get me higher in the list rank. And that's what I did. In the first two weeks, I was already ranking in page number one. And I was making good money per day, like $125, $200 per day. And yeah, I started charging more and more and more and more and more, more. And basically, in like six months or less, I was able to pay my mom the entire credit card debt that I owe her. And after I paid my mom, I was able to save a lot of money. I launched my own dropshipping store again, my own brand with the money I collected. And as I was all the time working with dropshipping owners and e-commerce brands, basically I started making a lot of connections. And this service is something that is recurring. You start developing a relationship with your customers. They are no longer your customers, but they are your friends. And as they are your friends, they start helping you for free. And basically I knew a couple of good individuals that were making good money, like millions per year that taught me how to do e-commerce right. They tell me, okay, first you gotta look into copywriting, be an expert in copywriting, be the best copywriter you can be, because that's the foundational skill for any e-commerce business. Can we explain what copywriting is to our listeners? Yeah, basically copywriting is writing words that sell. So there's a technique, which is copywriting. You use it to persuade people in order for them to act on whatever you want them to act on. So, for example, it is selling through words. So if you want someone to buy from you, there are certain things that you can say in a certain way to persuade that people to buy from you. And it's a skill that works for literally everything in life because it's persuasion. It works for sales. It works for dating. It works if you want to pitch a new business to your investors. It works for everything or asking for a promotion, right? If you know how to persuade, you can literally have whatever you want in life. In business, in online business specifically, you cannot meet one-to-one and talk to people. So you not, cannot persuade through talking. You need to persuade people through words. And that's why it's a foundational skill for anything in online business. So if anyone listening wants to start an online business, my advice would be get into copywriting. I'm going to give you the same advice that I was given to. Santiago, get into copywriting. Be the best copywriter you can be, and you'll succeed somehow. So basically, after they gave me that advice, I started investing on copywriting courses, and I started practicing a lot. I started writing every day. And when I felt confident enough, I launched my second brand. So remember, my first brand, in 15 days, I ran out of my mom's credit card. But now, I launched my second brand with money that I already had in my pocket with a lot of knowledge a lot of connections, a lot of experience, because by working with all of these people on Fiverr, I knew how the business worked like end to end and from the perspective of people that were winning. So we're talking people that are doing millions per year. And I felt confident enough to launch my second brand. So I did it. So like in two months, I was able to make some good money. Talking in numbers, I scaled my fitness e-commerce brand from zero to 5k per day on revenue by 30 days i was making somehow like 150k 175k per month sorry to interrupt you santiago that's us dollars right yeah yeah us dollars and yeah like in 60 days i were able to scale my store to big numbers but after a couple of months in the journey i found out it was not fulfilling me because indeed i was helping people because i was selling fitness products So I was helping people get fit, but I don't know, like somehow I couldn't see the results. I couldn't meet with people one-on-one and see their life change or something. So I feel like I was not helping directly to these people. 
And also, I got tired because of the inventory issues. When you're selling from China, you're drop shipping, and shipping times take a lot of time to arrive to your customers. There's a lot of customer service headaches, and also PayPal and Stripe banned me a lot. So there were a lot of things that I didn't like about having my own e-commerce brand, and it was not fulfilling me anyway. Like I could get away with all of the headaches and problems because obviously there are ways. The thing with me is that I was running the brand by myself, literally. I didn't have like a team or something, but I knew that if I wanted to solve those issues, I obviously would be able to, but it was not fulfilling me. So basically I closed the store, took the profits, and I said to myself, okay, Santiago, what you're going to do now? Can I ask a question, Santiago? So the fitness brand, did you do your own copywriting? And then coaching, were you the fitness trainer or did you repackage videos that were online? What was that like? Because I'm trying to understand, which great job, by yeah. the way. I think Cal was wondering about US dollars because I think he's really, really impressed. I am too. Amazing job. That's really cool. So what was that like? Was that you training yourself? Yeah, so, so basically, it was an e-commerce store in which I was selling all of these workouts at home tools. So for example, like elastic bands, pull-up bars, stuff like that. that so it's still drop shipping. Home, but I was still drop shipping. Yeah, basically I sold all of these products using Facebook and email marketing. And that's how I got to scale my store to those numbers. If you want me to explain further, the business model is basically I had a supplier in China and I was advertising the products in Facebook. So for example, you Facebook user and you see my ad, you go to my website, you buy the product. And when you buy the product, I transferred that order to the Chinese factory and the Chinese factory sends you the product. I don't send anything. They are the ones that send the product. Basically, that's how it works. And after a couple of months, I closed down the store. It was not fulfilling me at all because I wanted to help directly. Like I wanted to see and talk about the results and providing you and everything. I'm really driven by help and by providing value to people and by changing people's lives. And I was doing it, but I was not able to see the results like one-on-one -on -one because, well, you're selling to a lot of people. You cannot meet with everyone. So I closed down the store. It was not fulfilling me. And I say, okay, Santiago, you already have a lot of experience. You have connections. You have a copywriting skill. It's working. And you are a part of this e-commerce industry and you know the ins and outs of this. And you also know you want to help. So basically, I decided to launch a service-based business. But I didn't want to go back to Fiverr because I was not charging at all. Like my videos at the end, I was charging like 20 bucks per video, but I was trading my time for money and I didn't want to do so. So I say, okay, let's get into a high ticket service, something that I could charge, I don't know, 2,500, 5K, 6K per month because of the return of investment that I'm getting my customers, right? So I knew that I wanted to do this, but I didn't know what vehicle to use because you can help e-commerce business owners with Facebook ads, with Google ads, with email marketing with customer service, with SEO, with content. And I did know that I wanted to do something like that, but I didn't know the vehicle. But I knew I was really good at copywriting. And when I launched my store, I loved every single second I spent doing email marketing. So I say, okay, this is the path that I have to take. I'm going to pair my copywriting knowledge with email marketing technicality. And I'm going to help e-commerce owners increase their profitability because as I was part of the industry, because I launched my own stores, I knew that one of the biggest problems for e-commerce brands is the profitability because cost per acquisitions, right? The cost for you to acquire a customer is super volatile. And 90% of the e-commerce brands rely on their ads to get customers and they don't take advantage of their current customers to turn one-time customers into second-time, third-time, fourth-time buyers. When you rely so much on upfront traffic, on one-time purchasers, you are not that profitable. And if you're not that profitable, then you don't have enough money to reinvest in your business. Yeah. Can I explain I'm, that I'm to right. our listeners? Let's use your first example. So you spend $10,000 and you make $2,500. Your customer acquisition costs in that little business is higher than your revenue, the money you're right. making. So it's not sustainable. And we talk about sustainability all the time. Because if you can spend 10,000, you can spend 100,000. 
but the model is not changing. It's not working. You're not learning. So I love how you learned and tried different things because this is back to your resilience, Santiago, which is other people would have stopped or they would have listened to others and say, okay, I'm not good at this. I'm going to give up. But you didn't give up and you tried different things and you kept going at it and at it. And I love how you just learned all these skills on your own and you kept evolving. You kept becoming better and you kept trying new things. You call it process and I call it passion. I see your passion for building a new skill of trying a new thing. And you really see that the opportunities out there, it's nothing stopping you. So it's just really beautiful to see. I love it. So what about this whole email marketing? What made you realize that customer acquisition is so hard for people? I guess because they probably also, you know, YouTube something and said, okay, let me spend some money. It's always throwing money at Google and Facebook mm -hmm. to get asked. I knew the problem because I was in the beginning, because as you said, I spent like 10K worth of paid ads and I got a return of 2,500. So basically I lost 7K in 15 days. And I knew that the problem was not only happening to me. It was a problem that happened to big brands that even though they were selling, they were breaking even. And if you're breaking even all the time, you don't have money to reinvest and grow. And also there are brands that only rely on Facebook traffic or ads to grow. And sometimes cost per acquisition gets crazy and you cannot rely on volatile platforms to grow your business. So I knew that if I could help business owners increase their profitability, which is the biggest problem in e-commerce, I knew I was going to get traction and get new clients. I knew all of this because of the experience, because of being in the market meeting with all of these individuals from Fiverr that were my mentors and they told me everything about the problems. I knew it because I was experiencing the problems with my first brand, with my second brand sometimes, in which there were some days that I was literally not even breaking even, but I was losing money. And in my brand, I noticed that sometimes and some days, the difference between making money, breaking even, or losing money was email marketing. Because sometimes the return on spend, I was not even breaking even on Facebook ads, but I was making money from email. So email literally saved the day sometimes. So I knew like, okay, brother, I know this system called email marketing because I have implemented it in my own brand. It helped me increase my profits. And it was the difference between making money or not making money. So if I package this into a service and I help business owners solve one of the biggest issues they have right now, I'm going to sell. I'm going to somehow do something about it. Can you explain, Santiago, how you came across email marketing in your own brand? And did you just email a thousand customers from a list? How did that work? Yeah. So basically, I got introduced into email marketing because all of the content I was consuming, they told me that one of the things I needed to set up prior to launching a brand was email marketing automations. So basically, that's what I did. I did the automations. And the only skill you need for email marketing is copywriting. And it's the purest form of copywriting that you can do because email is literally just words. And I set up all of the automations. And when I started getting traffic into my store and seeing that sometimes the difference between making money and not making money were the automations that increased my conversion rate. And as they increased my conversion rate, it increased my profits that I could use to reinvest my money and grow the brand. I knew that it was something big and that I need to tackle that like 100%. So I started with the automations and then as I was selling a lot, I was able to build this huge email list. And every time I emailed the list, I got sales. Can I ask a question? So does that mean someone comes on your product page and you have a little section that says, leave us your email. So they might not convert right away, but you spent the money to get them on your page. And then eventually you start yep. email. I guess it's called like a drip campaign or like you said, the automatic emails, and then they'll convert to a sale is what you're saying. Exactly. So yeah, how this works or how I see it is email marketing helps you automate the entire customer life journey to send personalized and tailored emails and messages to people that depending on where they are in the stage are going to be buying from you. So for example, the automations, I know everyone here has clicked on a website and as soon as they land, they get a pop-up that says free shipping, if you subscribe to our list or get 10% off just by giving you your name and email. Basically, if you give your name and email to a brand that I manage, for example, you're going to be in automation called the welcome flow. And what it does is turn new subscribers into purchasers. So that's one automation, for example. One of the most common automations as well is the abandoned car automation. For example, if you go to a brand, you add to cart, 
but you leave the website without buying, then you'll start getting automations reminding you about the adding left in cart. There are two types of automations. So pre-purchase automations and post-purchase automations. So the pre-purchase automations are the automations that help the brand owner increase the conversion rate. And the post-purchase automations are the automations that help the e-com brand owner increase the retention, increase the customer lifetime value and turn one-time purchasers into multiple-time purchasers. And all of these things combined help you increase your profits. And if you increase your profits, then you have a lot of money to reinvest and grow your business. But aside from automations, there are also campaigns. So campaigns are emails that you send once to a list of people. And what you do with campaign is sell, provide value to your subscribers and also sell. So every time you send an email campaign, you make sales, you get money. And it's also money that helps the big e-com brand owner profit more because as you already acquired that subscriber and that content, it's free to advertise and remarket to them. So it's a no-brainer that a lot of brands overlook that literally can be the difference between making money or losing money. My question, the first thing that comes to my head, so let's say someone listening wants to start their own dropshipping company. How do you choose? Let's say you're a great copywriter. You can do the video editing and you know the funnel. And by the sound of it, you're going to spend some money on ads. How do you choose the product that you're going to dropship? And what's that research phase like? Let's say you were going to start another one today. Okay. So basically there are a lot of ways in which you could find products. However, I'm not anymore working with any dropshipping store because I think it's not a sustainable model. However, it's the best way you can get into e-commerce. So if I was going to start again, I will buy some inventory and start from there. But if you need to get started on business and you think dropshipping is the only way, just do it. How to choose a product? First of all, I don't operate in terms of products. I operate in terms of markets because first you need to know what market and what niche you're going to be working with. Then you study the ins and outs of the market in order to find what are the biggest opportunities in the market, meaning what are the problems that you could solve? For example, maybe in the fitness industry, let's say a hypothetical example that comes to my mind. So I knew that we were in the middle of coronavirus. I knew that no one could go to their gym, but a lot of people was having mental health issues, fat issues at home because they were not working out. That's a big problem that you can solve, but you can solve that problem in so many different ways. You could either sell fitness products for working at home, or you can sell, I don't know, a yoga course, or you can sell some meditation stuff. There are a lot of things that you can use to fulfill and solve the issues that are on the market. So first you start with the problem. What's the biggest problem that you can solve in a market? And after you know what problem to solve, you then start looking for products, right? So, okay, we have the problem that people are getting fat because they cannot work out outside. Okay, so let's look for work at home fitness products. And then let's say you pick one or two, you go to Aliexpress, you go to Amazon and you start looking for products in that niche that could solve that problem. And you look for the ones that have the most demand, the most reviews and that people are actively buying them. And you choose one, two, three, four, five, whatever products you want. And then you pair those products with that problem and you create a marketing messages that persuade these people with this problem to buy your products. So basically when you sell something, whether it's a service or a product, you're taking people from a point A to a point B. For example, in this case, point A, people getting fat because not working out. Point B, people being fit because they can work hard at home, right? And how you bridge that gap is basically selling them the tools that will help them get to point B, which are the fitness products. So that's how I operate. And I think that's the best way someone could operate and is going from the problem. So first you go to a market, you research the niche, you find what are the biggest opportunities in terms of the problems you can solve. After you know the biggest problem, then you start looking for products. You look for the best products in the market, and then you create marketing messages that will bridge the gap between where people is at and where they want to be. And that's how you convert. Absolutely amazing stuff. I love how you have that whole process down. You can tell you put a lot of thought, trying and learning and it shows. It's really, really cool. So right after you decided drop shipping is too risky, I love your word volatile because sometimes I think if I'm guessing this right, to scale, you need predictability. You have to know, can you build one block on top of the other and grow, right? So 
you threw that idea away and you went to your service business, you went to the emails. Why don't we talk about that? So you left the whole product game and you said, I'm going to sell my e-com copyright style. And before you used to create the video editing, were you creating email campaigns for people for your $5,000 a month, for example, and then you started marketing that service? Yeah, I closed down the store. I knew I wanted to help people because I needed to feel fulfilled of helping one-on-one and seeing the results. I had this copywriting skill and I knew one of the biggest problems in e-commerce was profitability. And I knew that it was a problem that you could simply solve by integrating proven to work in a marketing strategy. So there we go again to the point of thinking in terms of markets and problems and not services or products. Because first I knew the problem because I was experiencing the problem volatile cost per acquisitions, and I knew how to solve it using my copyright skills paired with the technicality of email marketing. So basically, in my brand, I used to do email campaigns, and my own brand was the first case study, and that's how I sold my first clients. But also, as I had so many connections from people in Fiverr that I was helping them with their content, and they were doing good revenue numbers, I knew, I'm going to repeat this again, 90% of e-commerce brands have this issue because they rely on upfront traffic and ads to grow. So I knew the market for my service was huge because everyone experienced a problem of volatile cost per acquisitions. And as you said, if you don't have predictability, you cannot scale. But email marketing gives you that predictability because, for example, in some cases, we are achieving 45% of the total brand revenue to our email marketing strategies. I have a brand in the UK, in which we're attributing 56% of the total brand sales to our email marketing strategy. So literally half of the sales are coming from our email marketing channel. And that gives the owner data in which he can say, okay, let's scale or let's plan how to do these profits and reinvest to grow this business. So I knew that this was the right move to make. And as I had so many connections, I started selling them. I had people that already knew me because of my fiber video editing services. So I upsell them, hey, I'm not longer doing fiber videos. I did this with my own brand. I get this kind of results. I would love to work with you. My first clients were those kind of connections, people that already knew me and were having the same problems that I was having and that I could solve with this new service. And yeah, basically that's how it got started. My old connections bought my service. I deliver amazing results because again, email is pure copywriting. And as I was so good at it, I was able to literally provide amazing results for my clients. And then how it got traction was word of mouth. My old clients were referring me new clients and those new clients, I was delivering such amazing results that they were referring me new clients. And that's how I got started. That's how I started collecting case studies. And the most important thing in a service-based business is your first case study, because with your case studies, you can prove that your claims are true because you're backing your claims with results. And therefore you are able to close clients more easy. Then after I got good results, I started cold emailing a lot of brands. And as I had such a good results, then my messages resonated a lot. And therefore, my conversion rates on cold emailing, basically sending emails to someone that you don't know with an offer. And as I had so good messaging and good results, I have a good conversion rates and I started sending clients from there. And now I'm building in public, sharing my case studies, I'm sharing my experience. I'm sharing a lot of value through Twitter, through Facebook groups, through YouTube. And then as people see my results, then they now come to me. Now I don't have to find clients, clients find me, right? Either through content or through referrals. I'm not doing cold email anymore. And that's how I was able to scale my business. Right now, we have created over $10 million on email marketing revenue for our e-commerce clients. I have a team of seven Colombians because that's also what motivates me every day. And it's the mission I have with my country of providing opportunities to talented people that need them. Because the only way you can change the world is by giving money opportunities that they can use to study, invest, and sustain their families. That's how you could eliminate poverty in one second if there were enough opportunities for people to take on, work, get money, and live. That's one of my missions with my agency getting as many clients as I can so I can hire as many people and team members as I can so I can fill them with opportunities and they can live a good life here in Colombia. I used to hire people all over the world, for example, from South Asia, 
or from Europe. People sometimes go to South Asia because of the cheap rates, but as they are cheap, they are also bad in terms of qualities and talent. But here in Colombia, you meet people that are really cheap, but talent. That's my zero to hero story. That's how I went from selling fiber gigs to creating more than $10 million on marketing revenue for e-commerce brands, working with amazing brands, amazing people. We're having a team of Colombians that I support on a month-to-month basis. And my goal is basically to grow this as much as I can to provide Colombian people with as much opportunities as I can. And also, as I think in terms of if I help my clients scale their business, they're going to hire more people. Because if I scale their sales, then they're going to be hiring more virtual assistants to customer service. They're going to be giving more work to content creators. They're going to be giving more work to people in the factories. So the more I scale their business, the more they have to hire and give people opportunity. And the more I scale my business, the more I have to hire and give people opportunities. So it's a win-win. If I grow my business, then I can hire. If I grow my client's business, they will hire and I will be accomplishing my mission, which is giving people opportunities. And that's how I plan to change my world, not the entire world, at least my reality. That's just absolutely beautiful. What a story. And you know what? Your world is going to change the world because eventually, if you have a thousand people in your network of hires, you're responsible for a thousand or 10,000 jobs. Their world is your world and your world is their whole world because that one person feeding their family is probably really thankful that they have this new opportunity to do something that doesn't need school, just needs to learn, grow. And what I love about these kinds of stories about founders, and you've done so much in such a short time, you're still super young, which is amazing. It's just the love of the journey and it has nothing to do with even money. It's just the passion for making life better. And I think if people can stay optimistic, no matter their situation and say, you know what, let me learn a little bit. Let me do this. To me, I get excited listening to you. And I think that is contagious. People who probably talk to you, even just online on Twitter or in the streets, I'm sure they all admire it and say, what a cool person. Look at all that he's doing. And it's just such a good message. And I can't wait to see where this goes. And it just sounds like it's this flywheel of growth that's just going to keep going and going and going. So two questions. So I always hear about Shopify. Is Shopify the best place that a lot of these e-commerce stores go? And number two, how do you track all this? Like in terms of your own business, do you use something like their backend or do you just use Excel to know how much revenue you've done for stores or how many people you've hired? I'm curious about that. How's your day-to-day business like? First question, yes. Shopify, I think is the best website. Shopify is Canadian, by the way, and I'm Canadian. Yeah, yeah, they're Canadian. And and yes, I think Shopify is the best platform for e-commerce in the world by far. And that's just for answering the first question. And the second question, how I track everything, there's this software called Klaviyo. Klaviyo is the number one software in the world for email and SMS marketing for e-commerce brands. And Klaviyo integrates easily with Shopify. And Klaviyo, more than an email marketing software, is an analytics center, a data hub. I use, for example, Google Analytics, Triple Whale, and Hyros to track all of the revenue that I'm making for my clients. However, Klaviyo tends to be super, super accurate. And in the dashboard in Klaviyo, as soon as you log in into Klaviyo, it tells you how much revenue has done the brand overall and how much of that revenue has come from Klaviyo. And it gives you a percentage. It also tells you this much has come from flows or automations, and this much has come from email campaigns, and it's super easy to track. There is no way you can hide the results, either good or bad. You cannot hide them because Klaviyo tells you right then under how much have you make for your clients, right? So it's super easy in terms of tracking. I have never had any problem in terms of attribution or anything. And we also use some other platforms to support that the data is accurate, such as Google Analytics or Hyros. But overall, Klaviyo, it's an all-in-one platform that more than an email marketing and SMS marketing software is a analytical software. So it's really easy to track. And in terms of my team, I run my business out of two main softwares, one for communication and one for, for project management. For communication, we use Slack. And for project management, we use ClickUp. ClickUp helps me have a really straightforward process in which I can assign my teammates tasks and it works like an assembly line process that you could visually see all the tasks and it's super easy to understand and to work with. So basically I also run my business out of Google Drive. Those are the three main platforms that I use to run my team. 
that's locked for communication. For project management, we use ClickUp and also Drive to put all of the folders, all of the documents, all of the content and everything. So yeah, that's it in terms of how I manage my business. Yeah, I just want to say I can't get over the fact that you've done all of this in four years and you're now just 20 years old. The next 10 years must be nothing but absolute excitement. And I cannot wait to hear and see how that goes for you in every possible positive way. I'm very excited for you. You come to a realization again that people live their whole lives, not even, and here you are having a whole team working with you, dealing with businesses globally and taking advantage of what's there for you and being able to change your life, their lives, and hopefully even those businesses, they're able to maximize effectively. If you're saying that this company in the UK was able to generate 56% through this means of marketing, then you effectively from their end doubled their return by helping them. So it's life-changing for them as well. And obviously for the end user of whichever customers that they decided to deal with. So it's definitely way bigger than just generating income. And Santiago, I really cannot wait to see what's coming up and definitely would like to have you back on the show. I will definitely want to be back in this show. I don't know if you could tell, but I like talking a lot. That's good. I love sharing my experience and I know someone will listen to this and they may be in a situation like mine, which I was in a bad situation where I had zero in my pocket. And maybe this story helps him or her to get the courage needed and the confidence that if a 16 year old started doing something for his life, you can do it too. If you're 60 years old, 80 years old, 70 years old, you can do something. And it don't matter if you're in India, Russia, Colombia, Uruguay, USA, Canada, you can do it anywhere. It just takes having a mission for your life, having micro goals that you want to achieve, dedication, resilience, and a lot of work. Just show up every day for your goals. And I love this time with you. I enjoy talking with you. And definitely I would love to be back. We're super happy you came on. It's just been an absolute pleasure. And I learned so much. That's what I love about doing these. And I'm personally excited to go tackle my own stuff and go, you know, there's something really unique about someone who is doing so well and is excited. I think that is, like I said, contagious. And that's why we do the show because for us and anyone listening, I think it really does make the world better. And all you got to do is talk for an hour and say, hey, look what I learned, look what I'm doing. And then someone else might say, okay, I'm going to try that. I'm going to do a little bit more in my life. And I think it's going to make the world better. And it's not our own credit. It's you. You're the man. You're doing amazing things. And all these other tools, like you're saying, like Clavio and Fiverr, and the world's full of so much good energy and cool things going on that it just goes to show that you can get paid doing anything useful. Just try. You got to try. You got to grow. Really, really awesome. So just as we wrap up here, is there a business that's too big or too small to contact you? And do you copy paste the model for each business? And then I'm wondering, do your employees actually, do you teach them to go do what you're doing? And then is that how you scale yourself? I'm just curious about that part of where you are and should a big brand contact you or you know, if there's a brand that's too small, they might be too shy or say, you know, I can't afford you. How should we think about that? Yeah, so basically I've worked with small, medium and big brands. So brands doing nothing at all to brands doing 2 million per month, 4 million per month. I just signed a deal with a 10 million per month brand. They gave me 3% of the total sales that I generate for them. Good for you. There's no reason why you wouldn't contact me. I have offers for everyone. So if you're a 10 million per month brand, I have an offer for you. If you are a 100K per month brand, I have an offer for you. If you are a 10K per month brand, I have an offer for you. And also, yeah, in terms of the service-based business, I have offers for any type of brand. Any type of brand needs this service. Even if you're just starting out, it's the best stage in which you can start gathering email marketing, right? Because prior to doing media buying or start buying ads, you already have your backend system that will give you the confidence that even though you break even or lose money on the front end, you're going to recuperate that money later down the line using email and SMS marketing. And also I'm going to be launching my email marketing course. So for anyone wanting to learn email marketing, either it's a 
someone with a brand and want to do it itself or in-house or someone who wants to train their team or if you're just someone who wants to freelance or to build an agency i want to do email marketing i'll be launching my email marketing course maybe by the end of 2021 so if you are listening to this podcast after that day look for me on twitter santiago cruz 02 you'll have all of the information there on how to get my email marketing course and i will teach everything i know i won't leave anything i will be explain how to write copy that persuades i will teach how to design emails i'll go through every piece of the business of this strategy and hopefully i can help a lot of people as well with the course everyone could contact me i am willing to help everyone fantastic love the show just such good information and i know i'll be following along i'd love to see where the journey goes it's day by day no one knows where it's going to go but if you have that excitement to try and learn and grow and help i think that's a very important point you just covered which is the more you help the more you get back the world just opens up and opportunity opens up and it just makes things more exciting enjoyable and fun Yes, 100%. I think that's the key. First, love for the game, love for the journey, patience, and the will to help. That's the recipe for living a happy life, a fulfilling life. Awesome. Thanks very much for coming on. It was an amazing time. So we'll follow you along and we'll see you around. Okay, John and Carl, I really enjoy being on your podcast. Hopefully I can be back soon. God bless you and all of the listeners. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks, Santiago. Can't wait to hear back from you. So with that said, let's wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Thanks, everyone.